Welcome to Jurassic World. guests, welcome to the Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And on this episode we're discussing Minute 33 of Jurassic World, but David, before we get to that, we uh, had the inkling he was going to be more adorable than Baby Yoda, and I think the general fan community is in love with Bumpy, the uh, baby Ankylosaurus, and we have a new article up over here on Jurassic-Pedia.com by uh, Trinosaur TJ on the star himself, or herself. Yes, the web... <laughs> The, web, the webmaster of Jurassicpedia, like much of the fandom, has fallen in love with what he calls the cinnamon roll of a dinosaur <laughs> named Bumpy. It's a short article right now. We haven't actually updated anything. We're actually right now in the progress of starting to get all of that Camp Cretaceous stuff out of, out there. So we've only kind of just, just uh, started updating the article since that dropped as of this recording, and we'll have definitely dropped by uh, <laughs> by the uh, time this episode airs. So yeah, we don't have the full synopsis up here yet, but we are quickly adding them. So just an FYI, be, uh, reader beware if you haven't watched it yet. Definitely, definitely uh, be aware that we our articles are going to have spoiler warnings for the next couple months, mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah, it is timely, these articles are going up now, and we're talking about them with uh, Camp Cretaceous only being released in this past week. I suppose, David, you're uh, you're up to episode six. I just finished watching it last night, the full series, and then want to go back and re-watch it again to pick up on some of that stuff I missed. Just initial thoughts, spoiler-free, um, what you're enjoying so far. We're going to do a full full discussion on it when we get to uh, this month's Jurassic Minutes. But um, what, what are you thinking of Camp Cretaceous at the moment? A lot of our uh, predictions were seemingly wrong. <laughs> and still some of them right. Like the, um, this one's not a spoiler, obviously, but the intro, having Rexy roar, busting through the gates and roaring every single time. Yeah. I'm so glad I have the uh, auto next episode on that, and it completely skips the intro for me. So oh. you said that you still get the roar, but... Yeah, it completely skips everything for me. Yeah, no, we, on Netflix, if you hit skip intro, it still comes up with the uh, the roar and the Camp Cretaceous and the gates, so she's she's more than just a roarer. And <laughs> 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 uh, we've talked about that. But, um... but yeah, so far, the only role she's actually had in the series is for... Uh, I'm assuming they're going to be saving her for the finale, but she's... Uh, there's definitely the Oculus... Um, 
product placement at the beginning, at the very first episode. <laughs> so yeah, I picked up on that right away, and the game itself has Isla Sorna in place of Isla Nublar, and I know that that's kind of been a a grumbling among the fandom. They're like, oh, come on, still mixing up the island after all these years. You know? Well, assume... I don't think it's much of a spoiler. The, uh... No, we might talk about that later. I don't. I don't want to say things that probably shouldn't be. Um, even though it's just the intro for season one, um, mm-hmm. I think the characters and what happens there could possibly be Sauna. It's just unfortunately the uh, the assets, and it's one issue through the whole series is they've paid to have certain assets on screen. And they reuse them. Uh, there's one particular time where they all get muddy, and then five seconds later, they're all completely clean and still in their original clothing, <laughs> just because that's <laughs> that's the way they're designed. And uh... yeah, I mean, plus that's how how cartoons work. I think <laughs> I saw it played for laughs in the show Danny Phantom, yeah. where I mean, it's a cartoon. Right? Cartoons, the characters always wear one set of clothes pretty much every single time, unless they're on like vacation or doing a cosplay or something like that. <laughs> It's the only time they ever get costume changes. Yep. But yeah, they they're always in the same clothes. And there's played for laughs in Danny Phantom where uh, Danny's going through uh, one of his classmates' closet and he's got like ten Letterman jackets. And he just <laughs> remarks, "How many? How many of these do? How many of these does somebody need?" And that's well, that's what the character wears. He wears jeans and a Letterman jacket. <laughs> well, it goes so, back to Ian Malcolm as well. So we have we do know it happens in the series. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I reckon the animation's fantastic. I've, I, I've gotten used to the uh, sort of like the look of the humans in it. Um, got no issues with that, as we yeah, said. Yeah, the, the animation's the, well done. Yeah, even just the um, the world, the environments, the the animals themselves. Bumpy, I'll be honest. I would have preferred if he'd stayed or she. I don't know if it's confirmed to be he or she, but I would have preferred if uh, if it stayed as the baby when we see it coming out of the egg. And not so much rapid grow, but I suppose just for uh, later on, them having to carry it and stuff like that to run and, and stuff, yeah, stuff like that. It would have been more cuter staying as the uh, the tiny baby, but um, but each their own, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I when they're um when they're in the six by six going to Camp Cretaceous in episode one, they drive past one of those signs. Um, it's the imagery that we only see in Jurassic Park of Isla Nublar um, with the round circle representing some sort of location of the sign. I think it's supposed to mean camp, but that's, the symbol in the circle looks a lot like the emergency bunker from Jurassic Park. But the sign's too new to be something left behind from the old park, so I don't know. Well, we see in the, in the, in the course of the series the signage actually makes sense because it's... A remote, re- it's a remote research lab that they're doing like alternate research in. Like I, th- I think Wu with Bumpy or something like that. Wu was saying that he's testing out accelerated growth or something like that, mm. wasn't he? Yeah, yep. And that's why he gets so big in like er, in like three days. <laughs> yeah, and it's no spoiler. We've seen it in the trailers and that they are they are going mm-hmm. deep into the Jurassic Park imagery throughout this this series and something we'll talk about in more in depth but there's a lot of stuff here that uh makes really makes you wonder what why they went full Jurassic Park instead of the stuff they had created for Jurassic World but mm-hmm. yeah 
I will say Darius is all of us. I mean, he's like every one of us who grew up with this franchise, like me, like you, and who loved Jurassic Park and loved dinosaurs and pretty much spouts out every fact about dinosaurs to impress a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was was uh, remarking about how... um, Camp Cretaceous, and we'll talk more about this during our news once I finish the series itself and we'll do our full review. But I thought, when I was first watching it, I was like, I'm kind of surprised it didn't go a little more Friday the 13th with the camp camp route and kind of make it, like, get, like, insert a crazy Ralph character. (laughs) And then a couple episodes in, I'm like, oh, there's crazy Ralph. Yeah. Yep. They're all doomed. It's cursed. <laughs> cursed. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll get um we'll get into in depth stuff when you've got a chance to finish watching it and I've gone through and watched mm-hmm. it a bit more and uh and yeah, we'll talk spoilers and all and discuss it. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, for that article and many more head over to Jurassic-pedia.com. Why are the West Plains closed? Another packy roaming outside his zone, but he's fully sedated and ready for relocation. Pepsi Sars. Tostito Dome. Security said the invisible fences were a no-fail. That is the second time this month. Dave, ready to get into minute 33. Yep. As we're in minute 32 of Jurassic World, the boys found themselves in the splash zone, copping the full wake of the Motosaur feeding show. As we open on minute 33, the crowd's cheering and applauding, and we get the trail line from Grey. That was awesome. At the three-second mark, we get a shot of the grandstand, and the bleachers started to retract down below ground level. The announcer says, hold on tight. We're going to give you an even closer look at our Mosasaur. As the bleachers drop down to their bottom position, the crowd cheers and claps as we see the Mosasaur finishing off at Shark Snack. At the 30-second mark, Zach asks Gray, hey, you want to see something else cool? At the 32 second mark, we cut to another Mercedes commercial as Owen and Claire arrive at the Indominus paddock. As they get to the car and make the observation room, Claire tells Owen that they've been pre-booking tickets for months. The two make for a ladder leading up to the observation room. As they do, Owen tells Claire the dinosaurs wow enough. And after Claire tells Owen what the dinosaur's name is, the minute ends with Owen starting to laugh and mocking the name Indominus Rex. As we can begin minute 33, uh, we get the cheers from and applause from the crowd, uh, soaking wet, and Grey yelling, this is awesome, and it is awesome. <laughs> I can just imagine in the tropics, we know it's sort of December, um, getting getting a nice refreshing splash from the Mosasaur would be quite nice. I think he also yells 32 rows of teeth or something like that. Uh, 88. Um, 88? Yeah, it's when they um, when they drop under underground. I see. Yeah, and that's only because that's what it says in the novel. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing I'm guessing that's what that is. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, we cut to a shot of uh, two of the grandstands uh, people um, as they begin to lower down, and it's obvious here now that uh, this stadium has one last feature up its belt that we haven't seen before, and. Over the speakers, you can hear the uh, announcer say, "Okay, hold on tight. 
we're going to give you an even closer look at our Mosasaurus. And that's when we come mm-hmm. to the uh, announcer. She's standing or saying this in the uh, in the background, and we can see all five seating areas sinking beneath the ground. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned last minute, this seating area, these bleacher seats were actually motorized to actually lower, not lower as low as we see it in the movie, but they do lower, like, I think, five feet. So just to give that kind of above-camera shot that we get, to show them actually moving down, you know. Yeah, show them in the framework, like in the in the framework of the grandstand, starting to drop. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and it's it's a great effect here as we get the POV of one of the grandstands transitioning from that water level or ground level to uh, underneath the lagoon, and she's uh, she's there finishing her her snack, her shark snack, mm-hmm. which is described in the novel as a snack as well. And again, everyone's clapping and in awe of the sight of uh, of her eating the shark. Yeah. Something we haven't discussed yet that I think is a good thing to kind of bring up at this point is the Mosasaurus size. I know that this <laughs> scene has kind of got some inconsistency that the fans have kind of been be, kind of been forced to deal with the fact that above the water when she uh, grabs that shark. That shark is clearly she's clearly one size, and there's almost like a I uh, forget what it's called. Oh, perspective, um, kind of like a perspective going on where the announcer is further away than she than she looks, creating this look that the uh, mosasaur is actually much bigger, and the shark itself is probably also probably much bigger. Because the Mosasaur is closer to the point of view of the audience than the announcer is. And then we continue getting that effect. And I'm not sure if the um, like the windows are concave and thus creating like a larger look. Or if it's just poor modeling. But, I mean, that thing looks blue whale size. <laughs> well, with the way the stadium sort of follows circles the uh, the lagoon that have to be some sort of concave windows um, mm-hmm. just for and even above green you can see the lot the fence everything curves mm-hmm. i'd be i'd be questioning how thick those windows have to be to keep all that water back they could be a couple <laughs> of feet thick at least <laughs> i mean they do it at sea world so yeah 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 but uh, yeah it, it does look sort of smaller here um when she does jump out of the water for that shark I don't mm-hmm. even think half a body comes out of the water. It's only sort of just past the front flippers. Same here. Uh, and then later on when she gets Zara and the Pteranodon in her mouth, it's sort of... Oh, that Pteranodon is a monster or she shrinks again because sort of the head and arms or wings are the only thing sticking out of it. Where if it was as big as what it looked like here leaping out of the water and getting the shark... Um, you know you have that Pteranodon down hole, maybe a little bit of wing sticking out. And then, of course, we also see that the size is kind of inconsistent throughout the series because in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, in the opening, she's able to swallow that entire submersible hole, and then we see her later riding that wave, and she looks humon- like Godzilla size, you know? <laughs> Well, a little spoiler for Camp Cretaceous, we do get a few of those aerial shots of her swimming under the water, uh, and again, looking really big. Mm-hmm. And even to muddy this even further, the 
official posters of her size, of course, says something completely different. I think it says, like, 80 feet or something like that. <laughs> and then doesn't the official Jurassic World si- uh, site say 60 feet? Mm. Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> One thing here, too, if they shot her swimming around in the water, it, it seems unnaturally clear. Just the quality. Yes, I know aquariums, you can get the clear water like this, but it's still... Um, presumably, it's, this isn't a concrete-lined lagoon, or it may be, but you've still got nature, you've still got leaves blowing, you've still got sort of... I would assume there's streams running into it to feed it, uh, or whether they're going through filters, but because it's sort of an open-air lagoon, it, it just seems unnaturally clear. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's part of the filtration that they've got going on here, too. They probably keep it so that the Mosasaur poop gets sucked down one hose, (laughs) and then there's constantly a renewal of fresh seawater being pumped into the lagoon. Yeah, yep. And it's quite a stark contrast to this shot we get here and then what we do get at the start of Fallen Kingdom when those pumps are off. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyone that's owned fish, and if you have have a filter fail or just don't clean the tank for a while, just that the slime and the the weeds and stuff to start to grow in there, uh, which we do see at the bottom of this uh, lagoon in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and especially considering it's a man-made lagoon, so when, once you turn that filtration off, the uh, jungle's going to start creeping back onto that right away. Yeah, yep. I mean, anybody who has a... Or who has or even fished in a man-made pond or tried to had to manage a man-made pond, those things got to be dredged regularly because, or else they'll just get filled in naturally, you know? And this would be worse because presumably it's salt water, so that's a whole different thing, keeping the pH level and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm sure they've, they've had a lot of trial and error First couple of years, they stick the Mosasaur in, the scales start falling off. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this this might be Mosasaur 5 or 6. Sorry about the scabies. <laughs> it's not albino, it's just bleached. <laughs> we get a, a shot here of the boys sitting together as they're watching, and we actually get a, a smile out of Zach for a moment here enjoying the show and the Mosasaur swims past the, the, the closest window and eats the last little bit of shark and that's when Grey sort of tells Zach 88 teeth and laughing before taking more photos with his disposable camera and there's no flash here underground so those half those photos won't work at all <laughs> and as the scene ends the boys are clapping uh, Zach asks Grey if he wants to do something else cool so He's, um, he's just got an idea to go and do something, and that's where we end off with the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else on the Mosasaur feeding show before we move on? I was just thinking how... I'm not sure if disposable cameras changed in design since I last used one, <laughs> but I pretty much remember the flash being standard. I mean, you I mean, you press the button, you really don't get a choice of flash or not, you know? I just remember the sound, of the, the capacitor building up. <laughs> Love that. I can I can hear that. I can hear the grinding sound of moving the film. <laughs> Auto rewind. I can hear the clack when you clicked it or yep. when you took the photo. Yeah. I mean, I remember using them. I just haven't. I've had a good camera, and <laughs> even then, since even then, now with smartphones, 
you pretty much get a camera in your uh, pocket forever now. Yeah. So I've never, I've not had to actually use a disposable camera in since I was probably a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Moving into the next scene or the second scene for the minute now, uh, getting sort of a, another Mercedes commercial here as Owen and Claire arrive at the Indominus enclosure. Uh, workmen still all around the site working away, although two aren't there sitting down having lunch, but. Uh, Claire tells Owen, we've been pre-booking tickets for months. The park needs a new attraction every three years in order to reinvigorate the public interest. Kind of like the space program, which... Don't take digs at the space program, please. <laughs> they, they, they need all the money they can get. Uh, as they're doing their walk and talk, um, we can see that crane in the background, which Owen hides under later with the when the Indominus escapes. I always thought it was there to be used to feed... Indominus here in a minute as well, but um, it's packed away and not not uh, not being used, it seems. And it's a fair way away from the walls as well. Um, so we don't actually see uh, next minute what the gantry system's hooked up to to deliver that beef to the cage. No. But Claire continues, corporate thought the genetic modification would up the wow factor. And we get the... Um, the, the trail line here from Owen, the dinosaurs, wow, enough. It feels a bit clunky. I don't know what attitude he's sort of coming across. This must have been the best take they've done with the line, but it, it just doesn't sound right the way he says it. Mm. And clear retorts, uh, not to our focus groups, the Indominus Rex makes us relevant again. <laughs> That's when, as the minute ends, Owen begins to laugh, uh, about to mock the name in the next minute. Yeah, I mean, the focus groups, it's just, this is one of those uh, focus group creations, and sadly, I don't know how if it's the same in the Jurassic World, for Jurassic World, but I know for me, most people are pretty cynical about focus group creations, and pretty much <laughs> you can always tell when you got to buy the numbers uh, marketing thing going on, you know? Yeah. Yep. Especially with movies these days. I mean, you can always tell when they've got a movie that's kind of been crowd crowd mind, you know? Yeah, Where they yeah. just get people into the room, talk, have them talk about what they want, and then put... It's basically a checklist for a movie, you know? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on a couple of names, but I know there's been a few movies recently that one of them things they've, they've made, they've shown it to focus groups, and then stuff's been changed. Um, yeah. more so for the worst um, which I think a lot of that may be fans <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I gotta say um, that I'm not sure how you feel on it but the Solo uh, hand Solo movie kind of felt that way it was kind of a checklist yep. movie where uh, where it was, they had a list of things that they wanted to, us to see. They wanted us to see how Han meets Chewie, how Han meets Lando, how Han meets, or how Han does the Kessel Run, how Han does or gets the Millennium Falcon, and then they built the story around that focus. You know, it's it almost goes back to Jurassic Park Three, where they had that the certain scenes they wanted to be included, and then wrote the story around it. Mm-hmm. Which which does happen a lot, unfortunately. Hopefully Dominion doesn't suffer from that as well, but we'll yeah. find out next year. But, uh, we're here, we're at the Indominus Enclosure. Dave, anything else on that before we get to novel comparisons? Uh, no, 
I think we're good on that. All right. Uh, it's only brief. Uh, in the novel, after the T-Rex feeding, uh, the boys run to the Mosasaur feeding show. Um, they search the bleachers for two empty seats near the water's edge. Uh, all the announcer commentary is the same. And uh, as the boys enjoy the show down below, Gray said it, it had 88 teeth. So that's where the dialogue sort of matches up with the novel a bit. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to uh, Owen in the observation room. So none of the uh, trip, Claire's trip to the bungalow is in the novel, which is uh, which is good. <laughs> uh, but Dave, that was 33. Another minute done. That's uh, mm-hmm. just amazing. Here we are. We're halfway into the film and we still haven't, the Indominus still hasn't escaped. I think it's another five or six minutes before that happens. We, are, we, we normally, well, I think we early on criticise just not seeing the park enough, but we're here, we're at the par- at the park in the first five or six minutes, and now we've spent 25 minutes in the park seeing it operate, so uh, this is going to be a long <laughs> a long recording run. We're at minute 33, and it's a, it's a nearly two-hour and something movie, so mm-hmm. yeah, we've got some work to do. <laughs> There's still a lot of movie to come. But yeah, that's minute 33. We'll get out of here for today. What do you reckon? All right.